in today's session, we will be interviewing Miss Maria Ah uh, Paris, and I know I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but Miss Maria will <laughs> help me with that part. She is a best-selling author, speaker, businesswoman, and philanthropist. She creates leaders and believes it is our divine right to live an amazing thriving life. I'm so with that. Her personal quote is, I believe the key to wellness begins in our gut. Pens and papers ready? Class is now in session. Welcome to the Define You Radio Podcast, where class is always in session. Get ready for the life lessons, tips, and stories to help you define your life. And now your host, the drill sergeant with love, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Let's go ahead and welcome Miss Maria to the show. Hi, Miss Maria. How are you doing today? Hello, lovely Valencia. I am doing so well, and I'm so overjoyed to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay, awesome. And you know, with me being Southern, I am going to say Miss Maria. It's a Southern thing. <laughs> so, okay, your last name, pronounce it for me. It's a Paris. So it's just like the city of France with an A in front of it. So Okay, so I was close. Yeah, was close. you did a great job. Yay, <laughs> awesome. So tell us about your biggest obstacle and how it shaped who you are today? Well, one of the biggest obstacles that I had to overcome in my life was, was dealing with Hashimoto's disease. And Hashimoto's disease is an autoimmune illness that essentially where your body attacks your thyroid. And fundamentally, it's, it's any autoimmune disease is when your body responds to something that's off in your body but it doesn't know how to differentiate between what's good and what's bad. So it, it starts to, um, it starts to attack everything in its path. And so with autoimmune diseases, whether it's diabetes or lupus or fibromyalgia, um, it's all essentially the autoimmune means that your body is in a sense attacking itself. Wow. So, that, that was a mouthful, cause, <laughs> you know, Hashimoto, is that what you said? Yes, Hashimoto's disease, and um, in, in this particular autoimmune disease, it's when your, again, your your body is attacking your own body, and in this case, my thyroid, and so with that, um, just to give you a glimpse of what my life was before Hashimoto's or before I knew that I had it, um, I was a size two um, print model, basically modeling everything from, oh gosh, American Airlines, uh, McDonald's, uh, Marriott Hotels, Kodak. I mean, you name it, I was basically representing that company somehow, some way, some form. And um, I went from red carpet events, owning my own spas, um, doing all this, you know, these glamorous events, and came, it all came crashing down within a matter of months, not even, not even months, like weeks. And I can remember going to my first doctor appointment and saying to my doctor, look, there's something wrong. I feel my intuition is telling me something's off in my body. I'm not feeling right. And 
he basically just dismissed me with the most patronizing tone and said, Oh, Maria, you're just getting older. You need to exercise more. <laughs> and so he didn't take any tests. He didn't do, he didn't bother. It was almost as if I was just a number and he needed to get to the next patient and, and try to get the next patient and the next patient. So I, I felt really lost and didn't know where to start. And so a friend of a friend recommended I see a naturopath. And this naturopath said, all right, first things first, we're going to take blood tests. And I was like, okay, great. At least, at least she's trying to offer something before giving me this, you know, this blanket answer of you're just getting older. So she took the blood tests and she said, it's going to take at least two weeks. And she called me back within seven days and said, I need to see you right now. And it was so ominous, you know, I felt, oh my goodness, what is she going to tell me? Right. And um, she said, well, first things first, we have to dig deeper. But right now you have extreme anemia. And, and I was like, okay, what does that, what does that mean? And she's like, anemia means that would you have it so bad that you need a blood transfusion right now? And I was like, what? A blood transfusion? This, this, I don't get it. This, this is not, that's what happens to people on TV. That doesn't happen to me. <laughs> and so I could not relate to that at all. And I, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to go get a drug, a blood transfusion. I, I would rather just, you know, see if we can fix this and do it as natural as possible. Um, I, I don't think I need that. And she really didn't emphasize on how bad it was. Um, and I didn't understand how bad it was. So I said, you know, I figured I could just take a couple iron pills right. and get my iron back up and I'd be fine. And, um, she didn't really take the time to explain that in, in saying, well, at point three, blood transfusions usually happen between point seven and point eight and, or nine, you know, depending on the circumstances. So point three was way past the point of getting a blood transfusion, but I didn't understand that. And I, I couldn't process because there was no oxygen getting to my brain, you know, at that time. So I, you know, think people would say things to me and I wouldn't process. And so when she said you needed a blood transfusion, I thought I could take a couple pills. I thought it would be fine in a week or so and all would be great. I'm like, okay, great. That's the problem for everything. I have iron deficiency, not a big deal. But as it turns out, it was much more in depth than that. And so she, she told me not to drive for two weeks hmm. and, um, to really, you know, really be careful. And, and I just didn't really comprehend that. I got back in my car and I drove home. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told my honey, I was like, okay, well, the doctor told me I can't drive for two weeks to get my iron back up. And he was like, okay, so let's do it. So we tried everything, blackstrap molasses. We tried Floridex. We tried eating out of an iron skillet. I mean, we tried so many different ways to get iron back into my blood and nothing was happening. Nothing was budging. And so gradually things just started going getting worse from there. My hair started falling out in clumps. Um, I started getting vertigo. I gained 
even more weight. I want to say I went from a size two to a size 12 in less than a year. And, um, for me being only five, three, that's, that's a lot for my knees and my, my whole body frame to carry. And, um, especially so quickly. So with all of that, I began feeling really low and super depressed because none of my clothes would fit all of my whole life I had been modeling and and now I couldn't do that because nobody would hire me. And on top of that, I didn't have the energy to go to any of these bookings anyway. And so everything came to this like dramatic halt in my life, a huge, huge crisis because I was spending thousands of dollars trying to get myself well and thousands of dollars weren't coming in anymore because I wasn't doing what my job was. And so I found myself just really lost in this sea of advice from so many people that I gave them the power to tell me what was right in my body. That is definitely what I want to talk about is how, you know, you started to get your life back, but I kind of want to go, go back to the anemia because it's something that you really don't hear people talk about a lot these days and of course you think you know okay I could take some iron pills or something like that you didn't understand the severity of it but at that point did you start researching or because I know you said initially you were really kind of dismissive of it but you felt those changes in your body. Yes. To be honest, I could not, I didn't have the mind to, to do it. I had such intense brain fog that even if I wanted to look something up or or Google it or whatever, whatever research I I wanted to do, I just couldn't, I didn't have the strength um, or the, the, the mind capacity, the brain capacity to do any of this stuff. I was I was barely getting by, you know, it, there was a point in, in, with all the anemia that I was slurring my speech. Um, my honey thought I was possibly having a stroke, um, because in my mind I knew what I was saying, but it would come out slurred and I would take one step up to get to my front door and I'd be out of breath. I'd be hunched over, just like, just trying to grasp whatever air that I could. And it, it wasn't until later, probably about a year, maybe two years into it, that I actually started feeling better because I went to see another doctor and he was like, oh, anemia, we, you need vitamin C to, you need vitamin B to absorb C and you need vitamin C to absorb iron. And so he taught me how to give myself vitamin B complex shots every week. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, my iron started shooting right back up. And the reason he taught me how to do it myself was because the, they were, they were initially charging me $30 a shot and I needed a lot. I needed at least, um, initially I needed at least two a week. And so 60, 120, that's $240 a month that I was spending just on shots, 
not including anything else, right. not including the doctor's visits and the other supplements that I was taking. So I was like, is there any way that, that you can just help me save money on this? And he was like, do you mind giving yourself shots? And I was like, <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll teach myself how to do it. And so with that, I was able to purchase $120 in a, in a vial and that lasted a full three months. And so that saved me so much um, money and it literally brought my iron back up with, within a short amount of time. And I was so grateful to this doctor. Um, he, he was super crazy. Like he, he was all over the place in terms of not being able to help me with anything else, but I'm always grateful to him for helping me find that because at least I was able to get my iron back up. My hair wasn't falling out anymore. And I started to get some energy back and clarity in my brain. So I, yeah, the, uh, B complex, was that a mixture of B6, B12, or just all the Bs? So it with his, it's, it comes from a compounding pharmacy. And um, you can go to any naturopath and or functional medical doctor and have them create what your body needs specifically. So, you know, if you have the MTHFR gene, you want to have, there's a difference between um, folate and folic acid or, you know, so the B, you want to be very specific in that. So I don't want to say just go and, and pick up whatever you can. Right. It really, you have to have some blood tests behind it so that you know exactly what to get for your body. And, um, but that saved me a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of money. And so I was, again, super grateful for him for that, but always check with your, I like to see functional medical doctors now because they always try to go the most natural route instead of trying to give you like the latest pharmaceutical. And for me, I was able to correct everything in my body and bring it back into alignment with all plant-based solutions. So I'm, I, I don't have anything in synthetic in my body at all. Were you, okay, so I'm going to go back to my question I just thought of. But tell me, what was that first time you gave yourself a shot? What was that like? Because I have tattoos, right? But I am actually pretty squeamish when it comes to getting shots. So tell us about that experience. Well, I think I'm a pro at it now, but I have to say there was, I was, I was nervous at, at first giving it to myself because, um, it's like, it, it's like getting a bee sting a little bit, but I mean, I have had shots, you know, we've had shots from our doctors as a kid. Um, but it was giving it to myself. I think it didn't take very long for me to get the courage to replace the fear. So because I knew that the consequences were so great if I didn't do it. So I basically just took, I made myself be alone. Like I didn't want anyone around me because that made me nervous that they were watching me. And so I just sat in a nice quiet place and I got just super balanced and uh, I took my time with it. So what I found is that if I tried to shove the needle in and go fast, 
it, it made it worse. But if I gently held the needle in place in my thigh and I just let it kind of glide in slowly mm-hmm. and then I, I pushed in the, the B complex, then it was just a beautiful experience. There was no, no pressure, no stress, anything like that. If, but it took, it took some getting used to, like it took me practicing because I tried everything, you know, I tried going fast and I tried it in one leg and I was like, Oh, that hurts. And I pull it out and I, <laughs> I waste it. You know, I just, it, it's something you just, you kind of get used to. And now I, like I said, I just get in a nice quiet place and I'm super fast and with it now. And, um, but it is like, I, I give it gratitude. I'm, I'm just always thankful for everything. Like, thank you for this coming into my body and making me whole again. And so when you come from that place, I feel it makes it a lot easier. Interesting. I, I would probably, if that was my situation, I, I don't know. I'd probably make my husband do it. And then I'd probably freak out. And I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, but let me ask you, were you into this whole natural, more natural lifestyle beforehand? I was, and yet I listened to my doctors initially. So, so I tried to stay as natural as possible. And when you're feeling so bad and you can't get out of bed and you, you have access to over the counter drugs, Advil, ibuprofen, all of those things, when you have access to that and you're hurting, you take it right? because you don't know any better. And so when I was, one of the symptoms of Hashimoto's was my hormone balance was completely out of whack. And I would get the most, well, I'll tell you, I'll back up just a little bit. One of the doctors that I went to see, the homeopathic doctor, she told me that I had an overdominance of estrogen in my body and that in order to correct it, she gave me progesterone cream. And she told me to put the progesterone cream on my lower abdomen every single day. Now with this, I got the most excruciating periods of my life. It was as if my ovaries were in a meat grinder. And not only that, but my period went, it came every 10 days for 14 days. So on top of the anemia that I was trying to get my blood restored and getting my period at such heavy, heavy, excruciating pain, I loaded up on as much ibuprofen as I possibly could to get through the day. And, um, because I didn't know any better. And so whatever the max was for ibuprofen, I was taking it. And if it was eight to 10 that I could get in my body, I, I would take it. And with that, it upset my stomach, my stomach. I got such bad stomach aches. And so I would take toast, bread, crackers, anything that I could take to help soothe my stomach. And of course, that's full of gluten. And gluten is full of glyphosate. And that's a pesticide, an herbicide, which causes even more damage to our stomach and our, our whole immune system. So I was inside of this cycle that 
was getting worse and worse. Even though my blood was getting better, my stomach was getting worse and everything around it. And so I kept listening to all of these people who kept saying, this is great. You need to take this. You need to take that. Spending thousands of dollars, nothing was working. So I owned a spa in Santa Monica at the time. And this massage therapist came in to see if she could get a job. And she said, do you mind if I use this essential oil on your, on your massage? And I was like, you can use DW40 on my back right now. I don't care (laughs) to get this done so that I can see if I can hire you so that I can go home and go to bed. That was literally the only thing on my, in my head. And so she, she told me to inhale this, this essential oil and I felt this incredible balance and harmony in my body almost instantly. It was within seconds. And what I had come to find out was that this all natural plant ally, an essential oil that had no synthetics in it, I was able to breathe that in and it got into my limbic system and it started calming my whole body down on such an incredible level physically, emotionally, and mentally, my body started to just breathe for the first time because I had been in fight or flight for so long that just that one whiff, (laughs) that one little sniff sent my body into this heaven. And so I got, I like, I put my, I picked up my face from the face cradle and I looked at her and I was like, what is that? And she was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I was like, I need to know what that is. And so I took a picture of it. I researched it. I looked at every single essential oil that I could. I bought as many as I possibly could find. And I looked to see if there was a protocol for Hashimoto's disease, something for autoimmune. And sure enough, there was. There was lemongrass, which is a natural anti-inflammatory There's clove oil, which is a natural antioxidant, and frankincense, which is a natural immune booster. And so I was like, well, I've got to try this. My body just responded so well to it. So I started putting all of these essential oils on my throat, on my neck, and I started slowly feeling a little bit better. It was super gradual, but it was better. And so I stopped taking every single thing that the doctors have given me, all of their supplements, everything. And I just went straight into just working with essential oils. And one of the ladies reached out to me and she said, you know, the supplements that this, that this particular company has, has essential oils in them. And I was like, oh, ho, ho, no, uh-uh. I am not taking another supplement. They don't work. I, right. I'm sick and tired of wasting my money. And I've had it with, with these supplements. No, thank you. And so then she said, well, okay, something to think about because the oils seem to be working for you. And these supplements have the essential oils in them. And I was like, oh man, I thought about it and, and I sat with it and my gut said, try it. And I was, and I listened to my gut and I said, okay, let's do this. So I got the, the, the supplements and three months in this tumor about the size of a golf ball formed on my throat. And 
can I just tell you that I was never threatened by this. For some reason, my gut told me it was a good thing. And I felt like it was as if toxins were being pulled out of my body. And I got super into all things natural, all things energy. And I got certified as a Reiki healer and eventually Reiki master. And I held that golf ball in my throat and I reiki it every single day. And I sent it so much love and gratitude. I was just so determined to make this something so beautiful in my life. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know how it was going to manifest, but I knew that it was going to be absolutely amazing, whatever it is. And so every single day I held it and I said, thank you for showing up. I know you're showing me something and I'm going to live in that space of absolute gratitude for you. And I went to get a biopsy because it was the responsible thing to do. Right. And <laughs> cause I was going to ask questions, you know, about that part of, you know, so go, go ahead. Tell me about the biopsy. So, Okay, so I signed all these papers where it says the, the, the tumor is attached to your esophagus and vocal cords and the doctors can't be responsible for loss of voice or any damage and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh my goodness, what am I signing, <laughs> right? And so I, I, didn't, I also looked into what was in the, the uh, anesthesia that they would give me, the numbing thing, the numbing agent. And I didn't want it because it caused dizziness. It could cause vomiting. It could cause this and that. And I was like, I'm just starting to feel better. You know, I don't, I don't want this. And so I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher. So I thought, okay, I'm going to just go into a really deep meditation. I'm going to ask all of my spirit guides to be with me and, you know, to hold me and to keep me in a place where I don't feel anything. And I chose at that moment to not feel anything. And they had these really long needles, probably about 12 inches. And they had them sitting there. And the, the lady came in and she, she looked at me as I was nuts. Like she thought, are you crazy? You're not going to have any numbing, any nothing? And I was like, no, I just, I just need you to just let me get into my meditative state and let me stay there until you're done. She's like, all right, she's nuts, but okay. And so I did it. And I honestly can tell you, I did not feel a thing until they were done. And they put a bandage on my little golf ball and they said, okay, we'll give you the results. And then they asked me for my card because they wanted me to teach them meditation. <laughs> so it was kind of nice. But what I realized in that room, in that biopsy room was I had a tremendous amount of power. I could control what I was feeling at that time. And you hear these stories of, of women lifting cars off of their babies, right? You hear these tremendous stories of people going through all of these incredible things where they have a tremendous amount of power. And so I, I began searching and looking into that. Like if I could be that determined and not feel that, can I be that determined in my mind, body, spirit, if I bring it all into an alignment, can I bring that all together and empower myself to heal my own body 
on a quantum level? Can I reach into my cells, so to speak, and retrain them and redirect them and change the neural pathways in my brain to go into everything positive? And I did. And with that, I had to go back and find and discover what it was that brought on my illness to begin with. And so what I discovered was that at one period in my life, someone who was very close to me said something to me that was their truth, but it wasn't my truth. And I took it on as my truth and took it on emotionally. And that emotion manifested physically in my body, in my throat chakra. And I was no longer able to communicate what I felt because I felt like I was not worthy. I felt that I was like my self-esteem had shot down tremendously because of what this person said to me. And so as soon as I, I was like, oh my gosh, that was it. I took that on. And I thanked that person. I thanked that person spiritually and physically. I went to that person and I said, thank you, because you taught me how to get my life back and how to believe in myself, no matter what anyone thinks about me, what anyone's preconceived notion that they think about themselves is pretty much what they're projecting on other people is what I felt about myself at that particular time. And because I took it on and it was that moment in that realization that I got my power back. And in that, I was like, "Whoa, I'm awesome. I don't have to listen <laughs> to somebody else's thoughts about who I am. I have to answer to myself at the end of the day, not to somebody else. It only matters what I think about myself. And did I do the best that I possibly could do at the end of the day to serve other people, to serve humanity and to serve myself? Like, did I hold that space? And as soon as that started manifesting more into my, my frequency, my vibration, my thoughts, my energy, everything started to shift and I got my energy back and I got, and then I was able to help other people. And when we go into that core belief system of what we take on emotionally, and if we can release that and thank our teacher for giving us the opportunity to up-level, up-shift, and elevate our lives, then we can free ourselves from dis-ease. So, so many great nuggets. So many. It's, I'm still tripping on you. Um not taking any anything and having surgery. I'm pretty sure I would have asked for your card as well. <laughs> <laughs> would have followed you around like a stalker, like teach me great teacher, you know, something like that, because that is crazy. But it shows you the power of our minds. And um, recently I've been listening to David Goggins, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He was like a Navy SEAL. He went from being like 300 pounds to like a fierce dude. I could listen to him. I like what he has to say, but he cusses a whole lot, like a whole lot. But if you could get through his cussing, you know, he has 
some great messages, but one of the things that he was saying was um, about our mind almost being like a governor, like how they put in rental cars where you can't go as fast as the car wants to go. And he really kind of gave like so many great examples of that mind body connection because our mind is full of things we've internalized over the years and it does affect our body in you know good or bad so I love how you put that so I want to kind of rewind a little bit because a lot of people are dealing with you know different autoimmune diseases you see a lot of women especially in their 30s 40s and 50s just dropping dead for health issues just and to other people it's random but if you dissect the stress and the supplements or the medicine or the lifestyle then you know you could see it was a train wreck waiting to happen so why do you think there's so many issues with autoimmune diseases and you know health issues in general especially concerning women well Honestly, I feel that women in general have been suppressed and with that suppression, it affects our immune system. We begin to self-attack, right? And that's what our body is doing with an autoimmune. And of course, you know, right now over 14 million people in America have been diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease and another estimated 50 million on on top of that, have another autoimmune disease. So, and it's not just men and women, but I will, I'll just speak to the women in, in this particular conversation. Women have a tendency to be so nurturing and so loving that we often give our power away or our own authority away. And even in some of the groups that I that I'm in on, you know, just some of the the autoimmune groups and stuff like that. I see a lot of people talking about how bad life is with their autoimmune, but when you offer solutions, they don't want to hear it. Hmm. And I'm not judging that by any means because we, you know, we want to meet people where they're at, but I would love to invite women to, Get back into your your mind, body, spirit. Trust your guts. Trust your intuition. And really listen. Is this, is this right for me? Is this what I'm taking the best solution for my body? And sometimes it is for a period of time until you can find something else that works differently or better. But really ask yourself because we give our authority as a way to, to doctors because they have the authority in terms of they have a practice and they wear a white lab coat. (laughs) But at the end of the day, they have on average 25 hours worth of nutrition in, in their schooling. And I'm telling you, that's not enough because when you give your gut what it needs, when you give your body what it needs and your soul when you're connected to source, universe, God, light, love, whatever that is for you, when you're connected to that, 
fully connected and you listen to your gut, you know what's right for your body. And those synthetics, my friends, they're, they're wreaking more havoc on your body than you know. And so when you stop and listen and take the time to feed your body what it needs, give yourself the good proteins and staying away from gluten and pastas and cakes and cookies and all of those things that taste so yummy. <laughs> what they're doing to, to us is numbing us. It's making us feel despondent, depressed, cranky, angry. Um, when you get away from those and the sugars and sodas and everything that is synthetic like that, when we go back to nature and give our body what it needs, we become more at peace. And with that, we become kinder, nicer, gentler. And I'm telling you, this world needs that. We, we become leaders versus followers. We become empowered versus disempowered. And this is what I strive for. I'm not looking for followers. I'm looking for people who want to join me and lock arms and learn everything that we can about our mind, body, spirit on a quantum level, energetically, so that you can hold that light for somebody else, be that lighthouse, and then bring that, bring that ship into port and then teach them how to be a lighthouse and bring more ships into port, right? We, we don't need a land full of more followers. We need a land full of more leaders that are heart-centered and heart-based. I guess I need to evaluate my diet because <laughs> everything, everything you just said we shouldn't have, you know, I tend to enjoy. But I'll tell you, the beginning of this year, I kind of went, I did a fast. And during the fast, I could only have things from nature. So basically fruit and vegetables. Um, so I went in thinking, okay, I'm going to be weak. I'm going to be cranky. I'm going to be this. Like I went in with the wrong mindset and was completely floored with what it really was like. My body felt lighter. I felt better. I had um, energy and it was, it was very interesting and soon as I got off the fast, of course, um, you know, I picked up some old, some old habits, but I definitely noticed the difference in what I was putting in my body during the fast versus, you know, especially meat. Like I didn't eat meat and I love meat. Okay. And, um, when I started back eating meat, it was, you know, it it was like I, because I knew I was supposed to eat meat because I was raised eating meat. So it was like, I have to eat meat. And I noticed that heaviness came back. My energy was kind of gone. And I said, okay, I, I'm not getting any younger. I really need to evaluate my whole system, you know, my lifestyle. And I know it takes a, a while, but I plan on living till 127. And, you know, that's my, my goal. So for somebody like me, where I definitely know it's a mindset, and I definitely know, you know, like I know these things, 
what's a simple way or how can I can, you know, start applying the principles of just doing better in wanting to be more natural and more in tune with my person? Like, how can I start? I I feel that the best way to start is to, instead of thinking of what can I not have, think about what you can have. So for me, I started out with sweet potatoes. Um, Sweet potatoes to me became my saving grace because they're savory and sweet. So you can put a little, you know, uh, cinnamon and a little bit of stevia on there and they become like a sweet potato pie right? So that's super delicious. And that satisfied my carb cravings. And, um, when I wanted something savory, you know, cause I, can't, I don't eat nightshades anymore. So anything that has, um, potatoes, tomatoes, eggs, eggs aren't a nightshade, but I don't eat peppers and, um, goji berries, anything like that. And so I started replacing all the things that I couldn't have with all the things that I still love that taste of. And also, you, I found for me, it's best not to go cold turkey, right? So I gave myself a treat every 40 days, but it would be on the 41st day. And I'm telling you, if you can go 40 days to change, it takes 40 days to change a habit. So if you can go 40 days without any pastas, sugars, anything like that, and replace them, with apples and almond butter and um, celery and almond butter and make sure you use the raw almond butter. Um, But if you can start doing that on your 41st day, you want to give yourself a treat. It will taste terrible. I promise you (laughs) because your, your body, your taste buds change. And so you'll take a piece of whatever cookie you'll taste all the chemicals in it you'll taste like that, that, that taste, that coating on your tongue. And when you, you take a bite of it, because in your mind, you're like, Oh, yay. I'm finally (laughs) going to reward myself with that chocolate chip cookie. And you start dancing around. You're like, this is going to be so awesome. And it becomes like this thing where you're going to sit down and you're going to enjoy it. Like nobody bother me. Right. Right. (laughs) And then you take a bite. You're like, this is awful. Give me back my apple and, and, banana or give me back my, you know, my, my nut butter, you know, anything that's completely natural. And for me, when I eat that stuff now, I'm like, Oh, I can taste any, every single chemical that's in it. It does not taste good to me at all. I definitely noticed, um, salt, how salty things were in here. In Louisiana, you know, like we really season our food. But while I was fasting, I just used sea salt, if anything. So when I got off, it's like everything was so salty. And I told my husband, I was like, I am killing us with our cooking. (laughs) Hence me saying I probably shouldn't cook anymore. You know, like everything worked at that time. But I noticed like the the salt uh, right after so salt yeah it's a, it sneaks up on you and if you're not drinking enough water then it can cause some kidney problems so high blood pressure is from kidneys um so i would 
Make sure that you're drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water every single day. So de- a lot of people are just dehydrated. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely trying to, I do pretty decent with my water intake. I could be better. Like I have to consciously remember to drink water and it's something so simple. And a lot of times I don't even think about it until I notice my skin is dry. Like Mm -hmm. that's like how I could tell, okay, Balencia, you're not drinking enough water, but something so simple, a lot of people don't do Mm -hmm. like with water. So what is the essential gut technique? The essential gut technique is a protocol that I basically discovered or, or created. Um, I, I used my intuition into, as a massage therapist, I, uh, for over 20 years, I've really, when I discovered that everything was centered in the gut, I asked myself and my friends and everyone I knew who were like spa connoisseurs, how many times have you had your, your stomach massaged? And they said, never. And it was really interesting to me that even as a massage therapist myself, I had never really spent time on somebody's gut. It was always back, neck and shoulders because that's where we feel we hold the tension. But if, 80% of our immune system enters our gut, 80% of the communication in our body goes from our gut to our brain. Why are we not addressing the gut? And so I created this protocol that uses essential oil and a combination of uh, CBD, which is hemp oil, and, um, and really getting into clearing the the gastrointestinal tract and massaging uh, the colon, uh, getting into the liver, um, right into the rib cage, the spleen, even going around to the adrenals and the kidneys, um, just really getting in there and massaging. And let me tell you something. I had a client who had a parasite nest launched into her ascending colon the size of a cantaloupe and we and she had really bad psoriasis I mean she was so inflamed her body she was so sick when she came to me and what we discovered was that this parasite nest god knows how long it had been in there um what I did was with this protocol moved it and moved it and moved it until it finally passed. And it was alive. Like the, the parasites were alive in there. And I know it's really disgusting, but think of how many of us have something like this in our bodies and we just don't know it. And so this has cleared the path for people who have an elimination, maybe once or twice a week, if there's constipation or, anything like that. This helps move the lymph and it helps detox the body and it helps support the immune system on such an incredible nurturing level. And I infused some uh, traditional Chinese medicine in it by working with the Zeus on lead points of the body, the bladder meridians and just uh, breathing techniques. So it's this all encompassing protocol. And, um, 
people who have experienced it have said that it has changed their life. So that's what, that's what essential gut technique is. Okay. So back to the parasite. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the parasite. Like, did she know, did the doctor tell her? And she was like, um, okay, we're just going to leave this here. Or was it something like, I have so many questions and don't even know where to start. (laughs) Okay. So basically, no, the doctors didn't know it was there. And, um, it came out in a, in a, in a kind of like a greasy bile ball. Yeah. Um, and it was, the thing is, is that most of us have some kind of parasite in us. Right. And so the, I really recommend parasite cleanse and doing that at least once a year. It's non-invasive and it's really quite, quite freeing because it, when you think about it, we have our own consciousness to, to stay alive and to, to feed our body. Our own microbiome in our gut has its, its consciousness, right? It wants to reproduce. But then if we have parasites, especially in a systemic or an overload of parasites, then they're consciously trying to stay alive. So they're sending signals to your brain, eat sugar, eat things that feed me. And so you're, that's why sometimes we get these overwhelming cravings to eat pastas, donuts, sugar, cookies, cakes, pies, because there's a a parasite or there could be a parasite in our body that is telling us to do so. And so like for me, when I did my first parasite cleanse, I felt more freedom in my body. I was like, wow, it's just me here. And (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have that, that sense of needing to crave or feeling like I was craving all of those sugary sweets because naturally I don't think I do but when I had the parasites I think I did Hmm. that is so interesting so when I want ridiculous carbs like donuts and things like that I can say that it's probably not me it may be a parasite but that's very interesting so um I'm just like floored by that because I've never heard of that. And I think here in the South, um, I don't know the health stats for, you know, the South versus other places because we still have some pretty bad eating habits and, you know, everybody works in a plant and those things like we're just not, we're, we're catching up with, with the rest of the world, but I don't know. It's definitely going to take some work. And I'm pretty sure if I did the research, we probably have a lot more health problems just because of our eating habits alone. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy. So your book, the essential gut awakening. So does it talk about the technique? Does it talk about your experience? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So the Essential Gut Awakening, Mastering Hashimoto's and Other Autoimmune Diseases is my journey through my 
my the worst of having Hashimoto's into the empowerment and discoveries I made along the way. And it goes into the parasite cleanse, into a GI tract uh, detox. Uh, it goes into what my mindset, the energy that I needed to create around being well and feeling well. And it goes into the parasite cleanse also in terms of like where, which ones I use. And it really gives a full story, in-depth story of how everything came in to manifest into this great awakening. And I call the essential gut technique a part of that awakening. The essential gut awakening book is, is this awakening. Um, I made a belly blend it's called belly awakening because I feel like on this planet, there is this great awakening that is taking place right now. And it is in this, um, in this empowerment that we create for ourselves, that we are awakened to our life. And instead of becoming a passive, uh, passenger, right. we become the driver of what it is that we really want to create for ourselves. Hmm. That is like this is so interesting. I'm still a little floored with the parasite thing. <laughs> just okay, just to kind of hit back on that, just because we hear all the time about you need to do a detox or a colon cleanse, and you know, who hasn't heard of this detox or that detox? But the parasite cleansing is that what you called it? Yes, uh huh. Like, I've never heard of that. I'm seriously going to Google that just because it is so interesting. And nobody, number one, wants to admit that, okay, yeah, we have, you know, parasites. Like, I don't even want to think about when you watch the, you know, like the stuff that's eating dead skin or whatever that's, you know, how your body sheds. Like, I don't even want to think about my skin shedding or renewing or whatever so I definitely have to work on my mindset so I could fully live to 127 <laughs> so just a few more questions okay so are you vegetarian no I went from a standard American diet to a vegetarian to a vegan and to a raw so I ate completely raw foods um, for about nine months and it was not right for my body constitution. So for me, I'm an O-positive blood type. And I function really well with the amount of um, gut and bile that I produce naturally with meat. And so I choose meat that has been uh, no, no probiotics, no antibiotics. I'm sorry, no, ton, ton, no antibiotics. And uh, that is grass fed, and um, and I choose to have at least one of those proteins about two to three times a month, and it's for the and then the eighty five percent of the time it's vegetables and um, actually for me mostly vegetables. I don't do a lot of greens. I don't seem to digest kale and spinach very well mm -hmm. unless it's it's broken down in a blender for me. So if it's in a soup, it's fine. But raw, it, it's like 
a Roto-Rooter through my stomach. It does, I don't do well with it. I don't digest it. Do a lot of, do you find like a lot of health professionals, like doctors, um, do they seek you out and like, okay, I need to pick your brain or let's, you know, because you have such good information that's dealing with health. You know, my love, I would love to say that they would. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to understand that doctors make money off of patients that are sick. Mm. And if they are not getting, um, if they are not having a customer on a, uh, a reoccurring basis, they're not making any money. And so I'm in the business of helping people get well. And so I don't know if I'm a doctor's best friend. Um, I'm definitely a patient advocate in terms of knowing what maybe I can bridge the gap between a patient and the doctor and maybe helping find balance in between. Um, but, but don't get me wrong. I don't have, I'm, I'm not upset at doctors, right? I do love them. I think they're awesome. I feel that their best interests aren't always our best interests. Right. And so if I break an arm or I need an emergency surgery or there's a trauma, you bet I'm going to go to a doctor. Of course I am. Um, But I'm going to get off the pharmaceuticals as fast as I possibly can. I'm going to um, try to find alternatives that are plant-based as fast as I possibly can because I know that my body responds well to that. Um, but we do what we do when we do until we know better and then we do better. That's very, very interesting. They, they are, I love that I see more people in the medical field, some way, shape or form turning and learning more about natural methods. But I do understand like this may cut your check. If you actually teach people to be proactive versus reactive to taking care of their bodies. So that's very that's very interesting. Yeah, because you know, they you can you can quite possibly turn a diagnosis such as Hashimoto's and diabetes into non-existing. You you can turn that around. And um, I'm not saying every single case, but in probably more cases than you think. And the doctors don't tell you that. You know, they don't say, hey, you know, if you eat this way and you don't eat that and you do this, you exercise, you don't have to be a diabetic. It's your choice. If you choose to take another path and you choose to not resonate with this and you choose to to do things that are are better for your body than the decisions that you're currently making and not, not depend on pharmaceuticals, you can turn this around. But I have yet to find a doctor to say that to a patient. And be honest, you know? Yeah, because you're a customer. You are now paying for their house, their car, their their student loans. You are now a customer. It's just like going to to Target. How do they get you into Target every single time? Well, they, they provide things that you need. But with a doctor, they're providing things that you need, but they're telling you that you need them. Right. When there are alternatives. Hmm. How would others describe you in one word? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, it depends on who you're asking. Um, you know, I would say my colleagues probably describe me as tenacious, determined. Um, I, I would say my clients would describe me as relentless in terms of helping them find something that's going to help them feel better, a new path and a new, a new direction. Um, I, I feel that at the end of the day, how I would describe myself is probably what matters the most. In one word, one word you would use for yourself. Hmm. <laughs> one word I would say teacher. Love it. Love it. Miss Maria, it has been a great interview. I've learned a lot and I have some Googling to do. How can the audience get in touch with you? And most importantly, how can they get the book so they can learn how to be a little more proactive? The Essential Good Awakening is on Barnes and Noble and Amazon and Books a Million. And you can find me on Instagram at Maria Aparis. And my website is Maria Aparis or EssentialGut.com. So either one works because sometimes Maria Paris is kind of hard to spell. So EssentialGut.com is how you can find me. And I'm giving away a couple of gifts. So Yay. I, yeah. So my first gift is a free 15 minute consult that you can schedule on my website and I, you know, just make an appointment and we will connect and uh, we can talk about where you're at and how to move forward. And then also my free gift is a free book. It's an ebook and it's called trust your gut and it is opening and awakening your intuition and learning how to, how to know what your intuition is, but also how to stop and listen to it. Hmm. Awesome. And all of that information, of course, ladies and gentlemen, will be posted on the show notes that you can find on the website. Get your gut together. That's kind of good. Yeah, that's 2019 advice. So definitely connect with Miss Maria. Get your consult and snatch that ebook. <laughs> 